Welcome to Hello Easton, PA. I'm your host, Mark Nutting. I'm the owner of Jiva Fitness, an author, business consultant, former actor, dancer, martial artist, superhero, musician, and I love to connect with others. This podcast is a way for me to share the stories of the people I meet in my adopted hometown of Easton, Pennsylvania. Hi, I'm Mark Nutting, and today we're going to be dealing with a little bit of background noise because I'm sitting here in the kitchen with uh, Lisa Gilagan and Ann Gare, owners of Pi Plus Tart here in downtown Easton. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. <laughs> that was nice and brief. Hello. <laughs> so, Pi Plus Tart. I'm gathering you guys have pies and possibly tarts? Absolutely, we have tarts. We have tarts. <laughs> Good. So, uh, tell, tell me about your business. Well, we are a very small uh, kitchen in downtown Easton. Um, we uh, call ourselves an urban bakery. Uh, we just specialize in pies and tarts, all things in pastry. There's um, many other businesses downtown that uh, are bakeries and do bread, cookies, muffins, and we do not do any of those. We thought we'd give ourselves a nice little niche and just specialize. And it seems to be working out pretty well for us. Good. You know, it's one of the first business, you know, things people should do is specialize. And a lot of people try to generalize too much. You know, yeah, we do a little bit of everything, but you guys really have nailed it. And it comes down to pies and tarts. Uh, that's super. So what, what kind of pies, what kind of tarts, how do you decide? How does that all work? We do a selection of both savory pies sweet pies, savory tarts, and sweet tarts. Uh, in general, Lisa does the savory meat pies because that's from her food tradition, which she can speak to in a minute. Um, I generally do most of the sweet pies because that's more of an American specialty. Let's, let's talk about how you guys met, how you came up with this whole thing, pie plus tart. Right, well, it started um, five years ago, about five years ago. Uh, there was a community kitchen space down the road called Common Space. Um, and I ha were, had been making Australian-style meat pies and selling them um, at the front of that space for a little while. Why Australian? Well, I'm Australian, ah. and there was no meat pies here. Bakeries yeah. here in the U.S. tend to specialise in a lot of sweet, sweet things. You might get yeah. some quiche or some good little savoury tarts. But um, when you walk into a bakery in Australia, the first thing you see is a gigantic warmer full of seven, eight different varieties of pies that you can walk out, yeah. have them in your hand and eat as you walk along. Right. So it's like, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a junk food, it's convenience food. And in bars as well. A lot yep. of, yeah, there's a warmer with a, with a selection of pies and sausage rolls to get the drinkers to keep the bums on seats. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, um, good. So I was doing that down there, and it seemed to be going quite nicely. It was just a little warmer at the front. And Anne was doing a pop-up uh, restaurant down there with a company uh, that were doing, uh, focusing on sort of getting a, a restaurateur up and running and, and out the door. Oh, yeah. So Anne yeah. was doing that, and her, her restaurant was called Tart. Um, Mediterranean sort of flavours, right? Um, and I was... A little bit sad that I was doing my thing all by myself. I didn't have uh, a partner, or and I was working very, very hard. 
and kept thinking that I needed someone just like me, a bit just like me to, you know, someone who had some kids at home who just needed this little business to, to, to work on and, and to help make it flourish. And uh, we noticed, I think Anne noticed, that we dressed alike. One day we were wearing the same clogs, denim jeans, white linen shirt, bandana and she motioned to me that was like oh, we're cut from the same cloth you and I yeah and I thought to myself oh, I don't really know you <laughs> like well are we okay whatever and that night I remember just having a aha moment I was like oh, that's her I found my that's other her. me that's her which is yeah. hilarious so I, I stalked her in the kitchen the next morning until she came in and I was just waiting at the front door and I said do you want to do something together and she was like oh I don't know, like, sure. <laughs> so we just did it. Good, and super. And a couple of weeks, we were sort of out of there, and this little space opened up. It happened so fast. Mm -hmm. It and, was shocking. And it we was were just doing it. About three weeks later, Yeah. we, we yeah. had an, an idea, a framework, a space. There was uh, the ball rolled really fast. You guys have been in business about four years? Or? It's nearly five now. Almost yeah. five years. Yeah. Yeah. Five in October it will be. Right. And you're still working side by side. Really hard. We vacation together. We do. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's funny. I, you know, I interviewed uh, uh, Skeggies, and it's all like it's tight family, and they all right. vacation together. So the business and the personal, you know, just mixes really well with them, and, and obviously with you guys too. You know, and you guys vacation, and we'll get into the personal in a bit, but you both have two kids, and, you know, so there's a lot of things you can do there. There are some remarkable similarities. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Now, with your pies and tarts, how do you decide what you have that day? Uh, I mean, I know you don't, you don't have, like, a set menu, and you always have this pie or this tart on hand, so I know that that changes. How do, how do you go about determining what you, what you have that day? Interestingly enough, in the beginning, we did have that model where we never really knew from day to day what we were going to make. There, it was very whim-driven and availability-driven. Um, and then the pandemic happened. And so instead of just making some things in the morning and then making some other things in the afternoon, we really, after our lockdown for three months, um, we came back and we went down to the farmer's market and we realized we needed a plan and we needed people to know what we were going to have. Um, and that's when the idea of a weekly bake happened. And we said, I'm going to make this this week. We would post that and then that's what we would make. And so it expanded the way we thought about the menu and the food and the ingredients from a day-to-day -day time frame to a week-to-week. -week. Um, and now we still work on that and in fact, the models changed so much that in the freezer, we do have a section of things we do try to keep all the time. Oh, okay. Uh, when, back to the pandemic, uh, were you just doing the farmer's market? I can't, rem can't remember. We did. For that first year of the pandemic, for 2020, we just did the farmer's market. And right. started in May. Um, the manager of the farmer's market was very gracious and let us jump in after it had already started. But yeah. said there was a space for us. So... And we really, really didn't know what we were doing there. Um, but we learned very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And another thing was uh, with the pandemic, we had to have a way for people to order. to So we suddenly had to jump on with a system that had enabled us to put in all the items we had and for people to pre-order and pick up curbside. Right. 
Now, if you you do do custom orders, right? We no, don't you... do very many at all. Oh, okay. All. No, now that we 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 realize that uh, we would love to do custom orders. We would love to yeah. do we would love to do what everybody wants, and we would love to do a special thing for their grandma or their grandpa. But there's just two of us, yeah. and um, making one pie takes a certain amount of time, and making twelve of the same pie takes just a little bit longer. Yeah. So you put you add one more variety into that week's bake, and suddenly you know. Helter skelter. Yeah, it's just it's too yeah. much. There's just two of us, and. Um, we're packed in here like sardines with all the stuff we have. Yeah, you have a very tight space here. Right. Right? And initially you had a counter and did you have a seat seating in here? There were two stools and a little counter where two people could come and have a cup of coffee and a little slice of something. And we enjoyed chatting to them and we miss having the customers come yeah. in. But, uh, but now you have a pie hole. We have a pie hole. It was uh, <laughs> custom made by a friend of ours. Yeah, which um, which is which is a door with a cutout window and, and everything. So right, that, you know, we slide it open and s- say, slide the window open indeed. Yeah, um, and it's been it's been great. It's been yeah. and now there's a refrigerator with another refrigerator, a display fridge where the customers used to be, and we're not giving the space back. Yeah, yeah. So it's just you two, as you were saying, and. Is there any thought to adding staff? That brings us to one of our, uh, uh, we've been saying since the very beginning and wondering to ourselves how we can expand without expanding. Mm -hmm. And to expand, we would need more staff and there's no room for any more staff. We could consider changing location, but I think this is where we need to be. We need to keep it small enough so it just sustains you and I. That's all we need to do, just to sustain two people. Um, right. And so staff members, we've had the occasional helper that will come in and do a little sure. help. Yeah. Um, I've got a working-aged kid now who does a Saturday morning a uh, couple of hours just serving customers. Okay. He's turning out to be pretty good. He's learning the ropes, pie wrangling. Pie wrangling. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that's great. Um, he doesn't mind. He we quite need more enjoys pie coming wranglers down. In the world. He enjoys serving the customers. He enjoys, yeah. you know, telling them that he's been eating this pie for five years. He thinks it's delicious. And look what it's done for me. <laughs> right? um, so we don't mind some help like that, which enables us on a Saturday morning to continue working. Mm-hmm. But we're here close enough to continue chatting with customers because it's not going to be our business if it's not us sure. no, you're talking the face, to, you're the talking faces to of the, the company have been since the, yeah. the get-go, almost five years. So that's what people expect. We have um, a hashtag now, hashtag Eastern Pie Ladies. East, hashtag Eastern Pie Ladies. Okay, we'll have to put that on the uh, <laughs> podcast as well. Uh, that, that's great. So where are you in your business? You know, normally I'd say, in, well, no, let me ask this anyway. In five years, where do you see Pie Plus Tart? We are beyond where we thought we would be. Um, when we began, we had a very sort of limited scope. We didn't, um, we had a mentor with the Small Business Association who was constantly peppering us with very difficult questions like, what do you want? And <laughs> <laughs> how are you going to do that? And we really uh, kept frustrating him because we would say, well, we're not really sure, but we're going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And since that model has, for whatever reason, worked for us this far, 
Yeah. We're going to continue doing that very intuitive, simply going in the direction that feels right. Not saying that that's a business model that works for everyone, <laughs> but it definitely works for us. And I don't know what it speaks to really, um, but to we, we really want to maximize the experience here for us, for the customers, without the idea of constant growth. And mm -hmm. that's a very sort of, we, we've come to a good balance with it. it. We find that people don't really understand that idea of anti-growth yeah. mindset. Yeah, yeah. We, we want to stay small and great. The, the, um, there's a book called The Company of One, and uh, I can't remember the author's name, but it, the whole premise of the book was essentially that not everybody needs to be a multi-billion dollar company. You know, some of us just want to have a good living and enjoy our life and do something for others. You know, so it sounds like that's sort of where you are. You're in a you're happy place for the most part. Had I known there was a book about it, I might have read it. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well. But I mean, you're not you're not alone. There are a lot of people you know that are not worried about they're they're not trying to take this to the next level kind of thing, or you know it's constant expansion and you know so it 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 can be where you want to be in life. And I know you you guys have been just going right into your hours are not vast. Uh, well, that, that is true for ourselves. The reason that they're not vast for the shop is that they are limited for us. Well, I mean, and, and but that, that it, well, I was alluding to that, the fact that that is a positive thing because that's you choosing your lifestyle um, rather than your business dictating your lifestyle. Right. We think that, you know, eight or nine hours a day is a long enough day for many people to work. We We went through our fair share of working 12, 14, 17 hour days mm. at the beginning. Um, we've been able to narrow down our processes and uh, get things done faster. Uh, and having a little bit more organization on the what we're going to bake schedule. Yeah. And now we, yeah. we sort of get, our, get ourselves a week in advance. We have some more equipment that we've been able to buy, freezers and such that keep us with a constant supply of frozen, frozen goods. Yeah. Um, but we don't need to work longer hours. We, we can only do what the two of us can do. Right. So um, we get here a couple of, you know, we're here an hour before, sometimes two or three hours before we wait, um, open up. Mm -hmm. And we're usually out of here by, you know, an hour or so after we close, which is still, you know, it's a full day for us. Oh, sure. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, you, businesses, businesses can take over your life. And right. as you said at the very beginning, a lot of people don't, take charge and bring that back down to a, a place where they can really have a life at the same time. We didn't. I mean, it, there was a learning curve there. That was, these, these were hard lessons. Yeah. And there yeah. were tears and sadness and confusion. And we, again, were able to talk through it and figure out what really is important yeah. to us. And it is easy to get carried away and be swept along by the but we need to do more and more. Yeah. And there are all these things and directions. And the ability to say no has been a revelation. Yeah, yeah, great. And in fact, the necessity to say no. Yeah. We still are not terribly good at saying no. <laughs> I, I understand that. I'm not very good at myself. <laughs> it sounds good now, though. <laughs> um, 
let's let's talk about you guys personally. Uh, Lisa, will be obvious you were not born here. Not born here. I'm Australian, but I came from uh, Sydney to New York City on a four-week vacation. Um, 1999. That three-hour tour turned into... Right. And I just, you know, before I knew it, I'd met this nice bunch of Australians who had a vacant room and I took a a room and then I needed a job. So I took a job and and then husbands and children and and I just never left. Well, well, yeah, before... let's, Let's go back to how did... What were you doing before I took a job how did it turn into pies? Well, I'm a chef by trade. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I left. I left high school and went into into chefing. I did a stint, my apprenticeship at Parliament House in Canberra, in Australia, and uh, you know numerous small restaurants. So when I got to New York City, I was well versed, well versed in how to jump into the food industry. So oh, okay. I just got myself a, I had a small waitressing job, and then. And then worked in an, um, next door to my house. There was an Irish bar opening uh, called Iona. And I took a job at Iona, not having any bar experience at all. And then we discovered that uh, people needed to eat late at night in Irish bars. <laughs> and I said, hey, I'll do some food. So I jumped in there and started a small sandwich business. Yeah. Um, but then didn't really realize I wanted to do pies until I came to Easton. Uh, what was that? Uh, 2010 or 11? What brought you to Easton? Um, my friend Pippa Moody had just ah. moved here uh, yes. a couple of years prior to that, and I'd come to visit, and it just seemed like a charming little town. And uh, we and had, you had small children. I had small children, and New York City was it's tough. I we moved we moved out of New York City because I didn't know how to raise my kids in Manhattan. Right, it was you know, just was tough. It was like from from the apartment to the playground, back to the apartment. Didn't have any money, or it's too hard to get anywhere. You know, with right. one attached and one in a stroller. Yeah. So uh, I came, and the farmers markets were in the circle. It just the whole town was buzzing, and it looked uh, you know adorable. You said it was 2010. 2010. Yeah. And. Um, and looked online, and houses were very, very affordable. Grabbed yeah. a little house. We just had enough money to do it, and I did it. And I've never looked back. Good. Never looked back. Great. Easton's fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, there were no pies. There were no yeah. savory pies for my lunch. So needed. Saw that need. Right. Yeah. So your kids are how old now? Uh, Twelve and fourteen. Great. And tell me your life story. In five right. minutes or less. I was there and now I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> where, did, where did you grow? I, I was born in New York City also, but grew up in Connecticut. And I moved around rather a lot. Um, I spent four years in boarding school outside of uh, Baltimore, Maryland. I went to several different colleges before I realized um, that it really wasn't for me. I wasn't cut out for academics. Um, and sort of as a last ditch I know what I'll do. I'll go to culinary school. And I had no idea that culinary school even existed, but I had um, luckily befriended a fellow in Vienna, Austria, um, who had just finished his culinary program. And I thought, that's a thing. You can do that. Mm. Um, So when I came back, I looked around, and I had been living in Chicago. Um, There was a wonderful, small liberal arts college that had recently changed over to a trade school. 
um, and they had a four-year hospitality program, and they had a two-year culinary degree. And I said, well, I think I can do that. And I did do that. And it was, it, it was the first time in my life that I had absolutely been 100% devoted to what I was doing yeah. in, a, in a classroom setting. And it wasn't, didn't feel like a classroom at all. Um, it was the most wonderful place. Um, and when I left, I did several different little jobs. I was a personal chef for an elderly couple right on the Gold Coast of Chicago, which yep. was fabulous. I worked in some small restaurants. Um, I worked for a catering company. I just sort of did all these different little things. Um, and then I realized uh, that what I really liked to do was go out to dinner and throw parties. <laughs> and I wasn't necessarily in the right frame of mind to be on a line, which is a right. tremendously difficult and cutthroat and intense place to be, and I'm not necessarily a cutthroat or intense person. So I backed away from culinary life, um, and I did retail for a long time. Hmm. Um, what brought you to Easton? I had uh, a marriage had ended, and I needed a place to go, so I moved in with a cousin. I took my kids away from where we were. And we moved here just to sort of get our bearings. Yeah. He, had, he was an empty nester and had room for us. So I thought, all right, this is a good place. Um, I was looking for a place to have a small uh, business, which I had named Tart. I was going to sell tarts at farmer's markets. That was my idea. Oh, so that was your first idea? That was my that. first idea, oh, okay. right. Um, however, I live in New Jersey, and there are, were no cottage industry laws. I couldn't cook in my own house. Right. I couldn't get it certified, um, so I needed to find a commercial kitchen. And it was in the search for the commercial kitchen that led me to Common Space, where Lisa had set up her operation a few months before. Yeah. I never ended up doing the tarts at farmer's markets, except I did. Right. <laughs> wasn't the first thing, it but wasn't, roundabout, you got there. It was definitely the wrong map. I was looking at the wrong map, but I was looking at a good map. Yeah. No, good. That's great. Um, and your family, your kids, how old are they? Uh, I have a 19-year-old and a 13-year-old. Yeah. And, and my 13-year-old works at the farmer's market with me on Saturdays during the so summer. So it is a family affair. It is. Um, and my 19-year-old doesn't anymore, but he spent several months at the farmer's market also. Yeah. And has even washed a dish in the back very slowly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, you got big dishes. I mean, you, Lisa was showing me uh, earlier the pot. She, you guys, started off with making the pie filling. And in a then pinch, the, we could bathe. Children, you know, little children could bathe in it. Well, not, I mean, the, and, you know. and now it's like ten times the size of the pot. You know, you need a whole train the crane system to tip it over. Uh, what else would you like people to know about about the business, pie plus tart? Hmm. It is pie plus tart, not pie and tart. Pie plus tart. Pie plus tart. Yeah, we did all of that ourselves. We're not just bakers. We're phenomenal designers as well. Oh, yes. Yes, I can tell. <laughs> um, so we, we, we designed it. What is it called? A logo. We designed yeah. that ourselves. Yeah. And we just wanted to keep it very simple. Everything we did, we just wanted to be very simple and keep keep it simple stupid, that thing. Like right. Just, so the logo, yeah. black and white. Um, well, there's no confusing what you guys do. Right, you know? and just and that was that was we it. We do pies coming and tarts. To, coming to our name, like what are we going to be called? All of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's 
that's the business. We, we, we love to bake pies and tarts. We are getting better at them all the time. Learning um, a lot. We do. We learn a lot. We take a, the best things are stolen from the internet, as Anne likes to say quite often. We get ideas from the internet. We've got cookbooks galore, pie, all the pie books in the world. So um, do, you, do you continue to explore new pies or do you just have like a catalog now that you go through? No, we, uh, we're always looking for new things. And in fact, we have a secret pie society. I actually, yes, I know somebody who's part of your secret pie society. Right. So, I mean, I, I did hear about that. It's not as quite a secret. It's, but tell us about that. It's a, it's, shh. Shh. No, <laughs> I'll, I'll erase that. I'll erase that. <laughs> um, it's a subscription. It's pie by subscription, but uh, it's a secret because the pie flavor is a secret until you pick it up. Right. Okay. So, so that mystery, gives, mystery it's pies. A, it's a mystery pie. So we try to keep it seasonal. We try to get all of our ingredients uh, locally. We uh, try things. It's, it's a way for us to maybe throw in some more unusual ingredients that um, we maybe wouldn't sell on a large scale, like on a larger scale for our weekly bake. Yeah. Or that it's an old-timey recipe that some that Anne likes to look through very ancient um, recipes from antiquity, like uh, things that aren't around anymore. Yeah. Um, and we give a description of what we've used, how we baked it, how it should be um, enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we do a little sweet or a little savoury, sort of t tag team it each, each month. But um, yeah, we've always got a we've always got a few subscribers on the go, and so it gives us we we can flex and yeah, you know, pick something gives you a little variety in yeah. life and all that stuff too. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Any any other thing? How about you know, there, there was a you you guys mentioned previously something about your sign or lack thereof. So, about two or three times a week, someone tells us over our with over at the pie hall that we should, that we should have a sign. Why don't you have a sign? Um, and our response is usually, well, you've found us now. Right. And you can't unsee us now that you've seen us. And uh, just go and, you know, we don't... It's a little like that, that speakeasy. You just have to know right. the right place and the right, right. password to get Some in. Some people kind of... call us from the car saying, we've driven up and down four or five times. We just can't see you. And it's like, we have to go out and just wave. And they're right. like, oh, yeah. we'll see you now. But we are really very tiny. And there's a tree... That if you stand across the street, you, right. you can't see us at all. Trees right in front of you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To, to speak more on the sign, part of it was unintentional. Um, but now, looking back, it almost helped us grow more slowly and organically. Were we to have been easier to find in the beginning, we would have been overwhelmed. Yeah. And the one of the things that we've tried so assiduously to avoid is stretching ourselves too far and thereby disappointing customers. Sure. We yeah. have a really good track record of under-promising and over-delivering. And my greatest fear is to take on too much. And not having a sign, in fact, has helped us tremendously. <laughs> right. Yeah. It actually, you know, came... Just this crossed my mind just now, which is talk about, you know, we, we talked about the kind of fillings you have and some, some of those, but talk about your, your, you know, one of the things that makes you unique is the quality of your, your products, you know. So what, do you, what goes into deciding and determining what kinds of things you're using, you know, uh, where you get it from and, and everything? Money. 
money. <laughs> First of all, the cost, sure. the cost of ingredients has uh, spiked dramatically, and we haven't we haven't really changed anything um, about our product. And I don't know. We just like to have a. We try to keep a wide variety of sweets and savouries. Right. Things. But these are all made from scratch. And all, everything's you know. made from scratch. We use right. all butter pastry. Um, we, we It's all done by hand. We have, over the years, you know, acquired some machinery, like things that might help us mix some eggs or... Um, <laughs> right. But a lot of it is done with a hand whisk. Yeah. If, if, yeah. It's, if it's bigger than that, it means that we're getting too big, right? We're making too right. many. And quality might falter you know right. so we don't want that to happen so made from scratch handmade from all scratch. high quality uh which is you know the, the pies i've had from here you know have been amazing and that's pretty much the word on the street in general right we it, get a lot of people coming in uh, telling us that what they liked about it was that it tasted homemade it right. was like if, if i had the time this is exactly what mine would taste like yeah because yeah. we don't use any flavorings or you know our I just make straight down the line chicken broth with a chicken pot pie. There's right. no, there's nothing fake in it. Yeah, yeah. Just Great. vegetables and chicken. I think that's what, you know, I think these days, I mean, that's what people really are trying to look to, I think. Um, like, like many of the things we do, editing out anything that doesn't need to be there. Everything is right. very, I mean, on one, sen on one sense you could say it's bare bones, and on the other hand, uh, other hand, you could say it's been edited. It's just what's necessary. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. that's usually all that's needed. Right. Things are better when they are what they are and not bells and whistles and... Fillers and... Fill it, it just doesn't... It doesn't work. And we know it doesn't work. And people discover that that's not what they like because yeah. what yeah. they like is what we're doing, which is very... Very convenient and great for us. Because <laughs> we do too. Very home, very home styly, rustic. You know, yeah. there's no. Um, what did you joke about this morning, Anne, about bacon? She said, Do you need me to keep aside some of this bacon? Do you want me to chop it? And I said, Yes, chop it. And she said, You're not going to lattice it on the top of anything? And I was like, We, we don't. I don't lattice bacon. You don't lattice bacon? No. Oh, if okay. I want we, bacon in something, I'll chop it and put right. it in something. Yeah. <laughs> we really, we don't decorate per se. Yeah. Everything looks like what it is. Right. Um, we don't use glittery things or sparkly things. No. Uh, we don't even use a piping bag. Which, right, we've even put away just the, the whipped very, cream canister. We yeah, just yeah. like a nice dollop of whipped cream, just like you would do out of your fridge at right. home. So, I mean, right to the end, it's all very, feel, feels like home. Yep. Yeah. Yep, that's it. Super. Well, I, I guess we can wrap that up then. Ann Gare, uh, Lisa Yalagin, mm -hmm. and uh, Pie Plus Tart. Yep. Thanks for Mark having Nutting. us. Yeah, thank you for, for being on. This was a lovely afternoon. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Hello Easton, PA. This is Mark Nutting, hoping that you'll stop by again to find out more about your fellow Estonians. Have a great day.